All right, guys. So we have the head coach from Fortis MMA in Dallas, Texas on the line, Saif Sayud. So how are you doing, Saif? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, Well, let's start it off with, obviously, you know, Uriah Hall's great performance against Anderson Silva, you know, in his retirement fight. Um, What do you think were the keys to victory for Hall in the fight against Anderson? Because it looked like in the beginning he was having a little bit of trouble, like finding the range and dictating the pace, but then he was able to kind of pull him in and land the counter shots as Anderson pushed forward. Um, What do you think the keys for Hall in that fight were? Well, I mean, we didn't want to rush, rush in on Anderson. I mean, that's just stupid. The guy's mm-hmm. one of the best fighters ever, and he's very good at setting traps. And he's done it many, many times. Um, and so we knew that we had to be careful and get the timing down. Um, and then once Uriah got his timing, he started landing on him. And I think also, you know, I mean, it was Anderson Silva. There was a little bit of levity there for Uriah to work through some of that. And uh, once he got going and once he got warmed up, I mean, it was a very good fight. I thought Anderson looked great. I thought it was the best he's looked in. A few years, he weighed in at 184 pounds. He was sharp, and uh, yeah, it, it was uh, one of those things that you just got to be patient. You can't mm-hmm. rush in against a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw somebody post on, uh, I think it was on Twitter. They posted like a side by side of when Anderson knocked out Forrest Griffin with yeah, uh, Forrest it. running in, and then Hall catching Silva. I thought that was dope. I really liked that. Yeah, it was dope, but Anderson's is better than ours. And I mean, there's just something about it's like. You know, we beat Anderson. It was a huge accomplishment, and he's an unbelievable. It was a, it was a hard fight too. Mm-hmm. Guys, I mean, he looked good. I mean, you saw him; he was chasing your eye around, hitting him all over the place. But it's still, we have so much respect for him, and he's like such a a goat that it's like, man, it's not even something to really talk about too much after the fact. That's why we just kind of, yeah. You know, it was an honor to it was an honor to fight him, and it was an honor to fight his team. And Uriah won, and you know, he was supposed to win that fight. Um, I think that that was a fight he was supposed to win. He was the favorite, so he got the job done. But we um, we definitely still have a ton of respect for their camp, and it's just not one that you want to, you know. Hey, we beat Anderson. We beat Anderson. Yeah, you beat Anderson, and he's, yeah. he's getting older and all the other stuff. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure that was a big. That was really emotional for Uriah too. I mean, you saw them kind of embrace after the fight. But a lot of people compared Uriah to Anderson. You know that, like when he came off the Ultimate Fighter, a lot of a lot of people thought he was like the second coming of Anderson. So for him, I'm sure, I'm sure he was nervous for that fight because obviously, I mean, yeah, he, he was he was really nervous. I think that that's the most nervous I've ever seen him. And he kept telling me, man, coach, I'm nervous. And I said, I know. I said, that's normal and that's good. That means that you're sharp. I said, anyone would be nervous if they're going to do five rounds against Anderson Silva. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, of course, man. But I thought he controlled that well. And I thought he looked really sharp out there and obviously knocked him down a few times and got the finish, you know. So any fight where you get a few knockdowns and a finish is a good fight. Yeah, exactly. Um, So who would you like to see him fight next? I mean, I know he was scheduled to fight Jacare at one point, and that fell through, and then he was scheduled to fight Yoel Romero. Um, Who do you want next for Uriah? Who do you think is a good matchup for him after that win over Anderson? I mean, it's, it's whatever the UFC wants, you know. Um, the reality is, you know, we've had three fights fall through. The UFC um, was really, really good to us and took care of us, and Every single time Uriah had a problem, uh, Nick Maynard would, would give him a better solution. You know, like mm-hmm. it wasn't Uriah's fault that the Jacare 
fight fell out. So then it gives him Yoel, which is a huge opportunity for us, right? Yeah. Yoel had just fought for the belt. And then Yoel, unfortunately, falls out. And, and we're like, oh, man, this sucks. And then Nick's like, you know what? How about Anderson Silva? And I thought, oh, man, that's a, you know, what a dream fight that is. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and it was awesome. So uh, Uriah has been, um, I've been in camp for three straight camps. And, uh, man, that's exhausting. You know, the guy's been training for literally – I mean, this whole year I've been getting ready for a fight. So, uh, you know, I'll let him decompress for a little while, and then we'll see. I mean, any fight with him and Till I think would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are two guys that haven't matched up yet that are both really dynamic strikers. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think him and, and Darren Till would be an amazing fight. I think, I think for Darren Till, I'd like to see him fight Uriah, and I'd like to see him fight Izzy. I think those are the best matchups for him stylistically in the division, not necessarily the easiest fights at all. I think they're tough fights either way, but I just think that's the most entertaining fights for him to have in that 185 division would be either Hall or um, Izzy. I think those are his most entertaining matchups. Well, I think that um, that you got to look at Till. I've been studying, you know, just fighting Wonder Boy and studying Wonder Boy, and man, he's, he's great. He's fantastic. The guy's unbelievable, but I studied the Till fight, and I mean, Till is something else because, you know, Wonder Boy is one of the best. And, um, you know, until beat him and had some good ring generalship. And, you know, he, even his, his last fight with Whitaker was, you know, it was a good fight. It was competitive. And then Whitaker looked even sharper, you know, in his, in his next fight, I thought. So Till is, Till is no easy task. And he's big, mm-hmm. very big southpaw. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's funny you bring it up because obviously, you know, it, it is Jeff Neal, the biggest fight of his career coming up on December 19th against, uh, I think, Wonderboy's ranked fifth at 170 pounds. So he's going to be fighting the number five ranked contender in that division. Um, you know, what do you think the, the stylistic keys for a guy fighting a guy like Wonderboy for, for Jeff Neal? I mean, the, Jeff Neal's an amazing striker. He's really good with his footwork and his movement. Um, and, and Wonderboy's always a difficult puzzle to solve. What do you think is the key tech, some key technical aspects of that fight for Jeff Neal to uh, take advantage of? Or what do you think of the fight overall? I'm not going to talk about that too much. That wouldn't be good. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, especially because they have a smart camp, and and I guarantee Wonder Boy studies and is figuring this whole thing out. Right, Jeff Neal moves a lot. Um, and, you know, Wonder Boy has a tricky style. I mean, it's man. I mean, he has a tricky style, and we're gonna have to, you know, we're gonna have to come up with with some things to deal with what he does well. And Wonder Boy has fifty eight kickboxing fights um, that he was. I think he's fifty eight now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's the guy's been doing it his whole life, right? And and he's super dynamic. He can fight both sides. He's definitely a puzzle we're going to need to solve. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think he is the trickiest fighter to fight at, in the welterweight division? I do. I think he is the trickiest fighter because his stand-up is so good. And, and I don't think anybody else in that division has that type of stand-up and has the abilities he has. You know, he beat Masvidal. Um, he's beaten a lot of guys. Yeah, he got caught by Pettis, but... You know, he was winning that fight all the way up until that. I'm not saying that he can't, you know, get caught, but, you know, anybody can be caught. I mean, if you look at his body of work, the Vicente Luque fight, the guy looked amazing. Yeah. You know? so, mm-hmm. he's, he's a stud. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think of a guy like Vicente Luque? Because before he got announced to be fighting, you know, Wonderboy, I thought that Vicente Luque versus Jeff Neal was an amazing fight in that division. So what do you think of Je- uh, Vicente Luque? As a, as a contender uh, in that division. I think Vicente Luque is fantastic. I think that just goes to show you how good Wonderboy is. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was going to be a really big fight. And, 
you know, Wonder Boy pulled away with it. But man, it, just that experience that Wonder Boy has, you know, on his feet. I mean, he's just, you know, he's no joke. So, Vicente will be back. I mean, the guy's, you know, he's he's got a granite chin. I mean, he comes forward, he throws down. Um, one of the best guys in the division. And a fun guy to watch, too. He'll be back. Yeah. Yeah, um, obviously, you know, Jeff Neal, and we don't have to talk about it too much. He uh, he had that really awful health scare recently that caused him to pull, oh, yeah. pull out of the yeah. fight. Um, how how tough was that for you to, like, deal with as a coach when your fighter is, yeah. like, so sick, you know? Man, you know, it's, it was crazy because he called me, and Jeff just doesn't complain about anything. I mean, he, you know, he's the type of guy that could break his leg and drive himself to the, to the hospital. I mean, he's just so damn tough. And um, he called me, he's like, hey, coach, I ain't feeling too well. And I was like, all right. So we kept sending him to all these doctors, and I kept telling him, well, something viral, uh, we don't know. You know, you're, you're fine. You know, here's an IV. And then he would go home, and then he would send me a message like, you know, hey, coach, man, it's it's getting worse. And that went on for a few days. Yeah. Um, my my, uh, my personal doctor, Dr. Lissy, thank God he ordered some specific tests for Jeff. And uh, we we. So I finally started to kind of find out what was going on. But by that point, he was already really, really sick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had to go on dialysis. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. But he's fine. It, it was really, it really was rough. You know, he was hadn't fought yet. We had coronavirus and he was supposed to fight Neil Magny. And then, you know, he loses that opportunity. And and that was unfortunate. Uh, you know, he, he was looking forward to that fight. And then um, we were lucky enough to get the Wonder Boy fight and, I really feel like we didn't skip a beat because I think if we would have fought Neil Magny and, and that fight would have went our way, then we'd have to fight Wonder Boy anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, you have another fighter competing this upcoming weekend, I believe, uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Um, what do you think about him as a as a competitor, as a fighter? And he's got a fight coming up against Chaos Williams. Um, what do you think of Abdul Razak Al Hassan? Oh, Abdul's. Uh... At, at one point, was one of the best guys at welterweight. You know, he went through some unfortunate things, um, and um, was vindicated. Uh, but it was a hard time for him, and you know, it took a few years, few years to get through all that. And I mean, for a guy to sit on the shelf in his prime, you know, for a few years for something that you know was was unjust is sad. And uh, now he's back, and you know, he he's just getting some of that ring rust off. I mean, in his last fight, um, you know, he. He didn't perform like he should have, and he knows that. And but when a guy has, you know, over two years off, man, it's not easy. So uh, a, a sharp Razak is one of the most dangerous guys in the division. Everybody knows that. He has ten first round knockouts. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy hits harder than I think maybe anybody pound in, in the UFC. I mean, he hits so hard. Yeah, um, he's definitely on that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ten first round knockouts. Go find that somewhere else. You're not going to find that with a lot of people. So, yeah, I, you know, I just want to see him get his life back and and um, start, you know, being able to pursue what he loves and pursue his passion and his career. And and uh, I'm hopeful that you know he will find his rhythm and um, and be the threat that he that he is. Yeah, yeah, I think Abdul, like like you said, he's one of the most dangerous guys in the division. I mean, if you look at his fight, I'm, the only one fight that comes to my mind is his fight against Nico Price when he just caught him up against the fence. And I mean, it, it just looked like Nico price died. I mean, he got hit like with the one clean shot and it was just, that was it done. Let me tell you, Nico price is so tough too. So that's really tells you the power of Razak because, 
you know, we fought him a couple of times. Jeff fought him too. And he's no joke. And he's a really tough dude. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who is one coach that um, you either take some, some methods from or a, a coach you'd really like to sit down and, and work with at some point who, you know, would it be like a guy like Faras? Would it be somebody like Mike Brown? Who is, who is a coach you haven't gotten to work with or one you've gotten to work with that you really like, tend to to vibe with and, and you know take some stuff off of is there any coach in particular that you really like look up to no i mean i i respect all the other coaches man i think they're all great they all do um you know their own thing their own way and in a great way you know i competed against all these coaches as well you know um many times in the ufc and and uh i haven't had tons of respect for all of them but you know, uh, I'm old school, man. Greg Jackson was my coach, mm-hmm. and uh, and Mike Van Arsdale was my wrestling coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I love those guys. And uh, every time I see Greg, I go, "There's," I go, "There's the greatest coach in the world." And he's always like, "Yeah, whatever." Where he always goes, "Where?" <laughs> or uh, you know, Mike Winklejohn paid me the ultimate compliment last year. He came up and he said, "Man, you're the coach of the year." I mean, to hear that from my own coach, it was crazy. You know? Yeah, and I was like, I was like, all right, whatever. But I just saw him this weekend too, and. The lady was asking for their credentials, and I go, "You don't know who that is." And she was like, "Huh?" I go, "Those are the two best coaches in the world right there." So, I mean, no, I mean, being in that environment for you know for three years and, and being in that gym, and, and, and for us, and all those great coaches came down there. I've, I just interacted with so many people; it's really just a blend. But uh, yeah, I'll go with my OG coach, Greg Jackson. Greg Jackson, one. yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, going off of that question, I mean, you talked about Greg Jackson. One of the fights that everybody is is pushing for is uh, Israel Adesanya versus John Jones. I think that's one fight everybody wants to see. And uh, it's uh, probably about as close to uh, – we're probably as close as we're ever going to be to getting that fight because they said that Izzy is going to be fighting Jan Blahovich coming up in March. I mean, it's not official official yet. That ain't an easy fight, though, against Jan Blahovich, so – I know they think they're going to kickbox him, and they, they probably can. But if Jan lands on him, he's going to have a problem. I just don't know how he's going to get Jan out of there because Jan is a big old boy. But but look, their camp is really smart. I think that they they uh, you know they've got Izzy fighting all stand up fights, and the guy you know he's another one of these guys like Wonder Boy. I mean, the guy's been doing this for so long. Um, he's got tons of awesome kickboxing experience, and he's really really good and really really slick and so comfortable on the feet. He's dangerous for anybody. So, um, if you're gonna you, you're gonna ask me, I think about John, and I don't know if the question is, do I think it's gonna happen or do I think it's who's gonna win? But um, listen, you can never count out John Jones. The guy is is one of the best fighters ever to live. Period. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care about all the other shit. I don't want to hear about it. I mean, I know he's made a lot of mistakes. I know he's a lot, done a lot of things that are very uncouth and and i don't judge people's personal lives that's not my business man who am i and i just look just looking at what he's done in the cage and you know the the steroid thing is definitely going to be something that people talk about but man i respect the hell out of anderson and he even got popped you know a lot of guys got popped so i'm not gonna play that game either that you know this guy was doing that that guy was doing that i don't know man uh i know john jones has never lost so Mm -hmm. uh, you never want to get cocky and say oh well John Jones, sure, he is getting a little older, and I think he realizes these young lines are really coming for him. Uh, and 205, and 205 is rough, man. Mm-hmm. I, I think heavyweight is a smart move in a lot of ways. But 
I don't know about that fight. I, I, I would not I would not pick against John. I think um, with that many championship wins and you know that team over there, uh, Greg and them they have a great team. They've got um, he's got Brandon Gibson. He's worked with him many years. He's got Coach Wink. He's got Coach Greg. Um, and, and a bunch of other people. So, I don't know, man. We'll see if that fight really materializes. And the real news is that's a big, huge fight, right? It's a blockbuster fight. It's great for the UFC. It's great for the fans, whether they're at home or in attendance. And it's great for the sport. So, I mean, I would love to see it. Yeah, I think it's an amazing fight. Hopefully, we get to see it. And like you said, I think a lot of people are, are discounting Jan Blahovich. I think everybody thinks Izzy's just going to walk right through him. But, I mean, you know... Dominic Reyes arguably beat John Jones and you know I thought Jan Blahovich kind of walked right through Dominic Reyes. I didn't I don't think Dominic Reyes. I mean he had some good moments but I mean Jan really showed up in that fight and and just I think he won every single round before he got the finish. Well the thing that you have to understand is look at Glover Teixeira here this weekend. Yep. These guys with experience, man, they are mean dogs ready to get down. I mean once you go through those ups and downs in there, you don't have the fear. And once you let go of the fear, that's power, right? So yeah. those guys, I mean, they've got so much experience and and you can never discount experience. You know, as long as you're physically still fresh enough and have enough athleticism and speed and you have the experience, I mean, it's a dangerous combination. I think that's why you see a lot of guys having success a little bit later on. Yeah. You uh, mm-hmm. as one of those guys too. He's 36. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy how some guys will, you know, lose a couple fights in their early on in their career, and then like you said, like Glover, I mean, he lost to John Jones, he lost to Rumble Johnson, but I mean, he's on what a, a, a six fight win streak now, six in a row. Yeah, Glover is, is no joke. I mean, on the ground, and his fight IQ is so high. I mean, you know, he got rocked against Santos a few times because Santos is that's my guy, man. He's a heavy hitter. Yeah, yep. He puts a lot of pop into his shots, but but um, you know, you saw Glover just fight through all that and, and then eventually secure the win. So I think that you just gotta understand that you've gotta really respect the vets, man. You cannot start, you know, thinking you've got it all figured out. Because those guys that are at the top level, you know, in the top five and ten that have been there for a long time, they're there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail right on the head with that one. Um, you know, who is – we obviously talked about other coaches and, and everything like that. Who is one fighter that you haven't got to work with yet, and, and who is somebody you would like to get some work in with, whether it's a pro MMA fighter from the UFC, Bellator 1? Um, is there anyone in particular you haven't gotten to work with that you really want to get some work in with? And I'll give you my honest answer on that one. I've got so many fighters um, that, you know, we have at the gym right now. I mean, I, I don't even get a chance to sit down and think about when I'm going to spend time with my own kids. So, like, there's mm, yeah. there's nobody on that short list. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could work with him. We like to, I like to grow people from 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 the start. You know, Rise, your eyes are a rare case for me. I only, I've got, like, 17 or 18 in UFC right now, and almost every single one of them have been with me the whole time. So, yeah. Uh, I just, we just do things a little bit different here, and it's a little bit more organic in that sense that we don't have guys coming in, doing some camps, and leaving. We don't really do that because um, I don't think that's good for a program. I don't think it's good for a gym, um, and I don't think it's good for the longevity of a gym's success. So, uh, yeah, it's a harder road, and it's a longer road, but it's the road that we're taking. And uh, the one person I want to work with more than anybody is my daughter right now, my nine-year-old daughter on her jits. She did mm-hmm. her first tournament. 
she did her first tournament before COVID and, and she got on the podium and I was, I was coaching her and, uh, I was super proud of her. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. Some MMA, MMA fans come up to me and they say, is it, aren't you? And I'm like, nah, they go, is that your daughter? I go, yeah. They go, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> say, yeah. So, yeah. uh, yeah, man, it, fighter wise, um, um, I get that that uh, gas tank is totally full. <laughs> I get it. I get it a hundred percent. One fight that's coming up recently that, or like, uh, I think it's at two fifty six is uh, Peter Jan versus Eljamain Sterling, and that's one of the fights I'm looking forward to the most yeah. out of everything that's coming up. I mean, what do you think of that matchup in particular? I, I mean, I that's go ahead. Awesome, yeah, awesome mm-hmm. man, that's awesome. I mean, listen, Aljamain Sterling came out. Listen, Corey Sanhagen is. Monster, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The guy is a real problem, yep. you know. And and uh, I've I've known that for a long time. Um, you know, those guys have been working with him for a long period of time, bringing that guy up. And the guy's his length, his creativity, he is dangerous. And Alderman took him out. I mean, I know he probably slipped up. I know it was whatever, but you got to judge it for what it was. And mm-hmm. I mean, Alderman took him out so easily. To sleep on Alderman at this point would just be silly. But Jan is a stud, man. I mean, the only thing is that Aljamain is a little bit bigger than him, I think, sizably as far as length goes. And mm-hmm. if he gets him down, that could create a problem for Peter Jan. But Peter Jan is a powerhouse puncher. And, and uh, you know, Marias, a small, smaller, compact guy, took Aljamain out too. You know, yep. so mm-hmm. uh, man, MMA math doesn't always work, but. That's a real, that's a real interesting fight. Um, but again, cannot sleep on Aljamain Sterling with, with how he took out Sanhagen and his grappling ability. Uh, really first class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you look at it, I mean, like you said, he he ran right through Corey, and maybe it was a slip up, maybe he wasn't there mentally, but he ran right through him. And then you look at what Sanhagen did to Marais. I mean, I thought Sanhagen was going to win that fight, but I didn't expect him to run through Marlon like he did. I mean, Marlon barely landed anything on Corey, and then to get hit with the spinning wheel kick, you know, and get finished the way that he did. I mean, that that puts that just makes Eljamain look better. It makes Corey look amazing because he beat. Marlon, but it makes Aljamain look even better because of how quickly he took him out. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, at that level, man, those guys are all so good. Mm-hmm. Marlon is such a stud, too. I mean, I love that guy. He's a stud. I mean, mm-hmm. those guys are all so good that, you know, it's all about who's surging and who's fighting well and has confidence at that time, too. And I think Aljamain is really has a lot of confidence right now and, and is, is peaking, you know, um, and so he's dangerous. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, going back on like coaching and everything, and you getting to see a lot of different styles, a lot of different body types, and everything. What is a key aspect of footwork or movement that you think a lot of people tend to overlook? Like, I don't want to give like have you give anything away, but what's something you tend to see a lot of people neglect in terms of the footwork and the movement and and stuff like that? Well, I mean, man, everybody's different, you know. I think that. In MMA, you're dealing with a whole myriad of, st- of styles, and also it, there's a lot of complicated things, right? I mean, am I sliding out of the way, and, and am I trying to, to to avoid getting taken down, or am I sliding out of the way to come back in and strike? Or you know, there's so many different variables. Whereas in boxing, it's not as many variables. So footwork, I think itself is probably the biggest problem in MMA. People get really long in their stance. You've got a lot of people that still have a traditional background so they're a little bit longer in their legs and mm-hmm. and um and you know that's why the boxing probably isn't as sharp but the guys that are 
really sharp with their boxing, you know. Uh, maybe their kicking isn't as good. So I think you're going to have a little give and take there with everything just because of the nature of MMA, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, if somebody's doing one thing bad, they usually do something else really well. So yeah. it's a little mm-hmm. bit hard in MMA to say, well, this guy's footwork is bad. Look at Wonder Boy who stands in like a point fighter in karate. You want to go fight that guy? No. He's kick you right in the face. Yep. <laughs> He's going to sidekick you right in the face from that karate stance. So, you know, whereas in... Uh, a guy like Carlos Diego Ferreira, you know, just puts his hands up and comes forward and, and throws down. You know, everybody's different. Everyone has a different style. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, I, I would say footwork is, is probably the biggest thing, though, that, that will improve over time. And these younger athletes, man, they, they come in and they don't do anything but MMA. Mm-hmm. All they do is MMA. So, mm-hmm. we got kids that start at like 14 years old. And by the time they're 18, 19, I mean, they're just unreal. So, yeah. I think the sport's going to keep evolving, and I think that what you'll see is that everything just continues to get better and better, which I think is what you see now. If you watch MMA from 10 years ago, sitting to compare the fighters to now, it's like, man, the speed, uh, the techniques, mm-hmm. the power. Yeah, I think it, it's it's continued to crank up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think it's it's really crazy with how much footwork has become important. I mean, it's always been important, but I think one of the first guys we saw really implement footwork and movement in like a, a, a unique way was Dominic Cruz. I think he was the first guy where we saw in pro MMA that was like, okay, like he's able to slip and slide out of the way like a Muhammad Ali, like a like a Willie Pep. And then from there, it just got better. And you look at, I think, a more improved version and not even more improved, but like just a different style of Dominic Cruz is Corey Sandhagen. And I think that's what makes him so dangerous. He's obviously, he has a little bit more pop in his shots and he has a little bit more variety in his striking, but he does give me some glimpses of a guy like Dominic Cruz. I mean, that's what I think. Dom wouldn't like hearing that, saying Corey Sinhagen got more pop in his shots. (laughs) I'll tell you, Dom is an OG, man. That guy, you know, he was an innovator and he's a really sharp MMA mind still, obviously. But I think, yeah, I mean, you're going to start seeing that, right? These are, this is the next generation, so... Look at LeBron. Who did he watch? He watched MJ, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're gonna you're gonna see more and more um, technical skills, and just I think the whole sport will continue to ratchet up. I mean, look back when I was fighting, they had you know maybe six or ten events, or I don't know how, how many it was, but we weren't on TV. And then when you know the Spike deal came, it was the biggest deal in the world. And then the WEC came and versus and all that stuff. It was such a big deal that there was a TV deal. Now I watch Sports Center, top ten, and there, there's our guys. Yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. it's like it's changed so much, even in that aspect, that it's just going to continue to to grow and blossom. And and it's it's really cool to have been in the sport now, you know, fifteen years plus, and see all the changes and all the guys that you know have been there and put the work in, finally starting to make some money and and uh, see the sport continue to grow. Yeah, I, I think you hit it right on the head. And, uh, it's just crazy. Like, like you said, like how many, how much the game has evolved. I mean, even in just the past five years, I think, I think the amount of technique, the amount of variety, I mean, it's just, it's so different from what it was before. It's obviously same fundamentals and same, you know, techniques, but just different ways of using them. And and it's just like football, you know, just like all these sports, bigger, bigger, stronger, faster. So, uh, and I think that's just going to keep going. And then the pool of talent is also widening before people be like, you're a cage fighter. Oh my God. You know, man, you're crazy. That's what people would say. 
you're crazy, man. Now you got kids calling the gym saying, hey, I, you know, I want to fight the UFC. Yeah. And their parents, you know, uh, supporting them. So the, the, the talent pool is going to widen, which is going to also increase um, the level. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right. So obviously, um, you know, we're, we're fighting dur- or everybody's fighting during the, the coronavirus pandemic. It's starting to get worse now. And uh, you've got Fight Island. You've got the UFC Apex facility in Vegas. Um, do you like coaching better in the corner or cornering better when there's a crowd? Or do you like it better with the with no no audience and just being able to hear things and communicate a lot clear a lot more clearly? What do you what do you think about? Do you like it better in the times we are now, or do you like it better when there's a crowd and the energy is different? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's pros and cons to both, right? Like, the coronavirus, the UFC has done an unreal job, led from the front on that. I mean, just was like, hey, we're doing this. And, I mean, you know, guys need to work, man. I mean, listen, people can't just not work for six months and eight months. And, I mean, our society is just not built that way. So, uh, we're really thankful and grateful to be competing. And, and, you know, I think they've done a really good job, too, of setting up a system i mean you go there you, you lock down man you know i mean they, they they test you before you leave they test you the, the week you're gonna leave they, they just test you all the time so the good news is you know you don't have coronavirus all the time you get tested every week I've, I've, had, I've had like 37 tests or 38 tests um but as far as the apex goes man you know we love the crowd you know, we love the crowd, we love the fans, and it's fun, you know, you get done, you win a fight, you walk through, I always record that for my guys, you know, the fans are, you know, hey man, can I get a picture, man, awesome job, and it's part of it, you know, the, the roar of the crowd, and um, yeah, of course we miss that, man, I saw everybody at Notre Dame around the field the other day, and I was like, oh, hell yeah, it made me happy to see everybody just, um, you know, loving sports again. And then I was like, man, they probably shouldn't all be running close like that to each other. Right? So <laughs> it's like mixed emotions. With yeah. the Apex, it's, it's easy. It's clear. You can communicate really, really well. But, um, you know, it just it kind of feels like the contender all the time, too. So it, it, it's it's got positives and negatives. Yeah, exactly. I, I think with everything, there's positives and negatives. I, I've Correct. From who I've talked to, a, a lot of people like – the no crowd better because they think that it's easier to communicate to your fighters. Cause you know, they can hear sure. you, but um, you know, I think that there's a lot of guys who might compete better under the pressure of, you know, 10,000 people screaming at them, whether it's support or, you know, hate when they got the crowd, it, it makes them show up a little bit more. A lot of people, you know, well, I think it influences the judging too, a little bit knockdowns and the crowd's response and stuff too. But what I'll go back to is, man, it's not about us, you know, like coaching, Having fought, it's like you're, it's you got to shut up and do what the hell your coach says the whole camp, all the way up until the end. But man, the week of the fight, it's about the guy, you know. And um, and you want to have fun out there, you know. And and when it's dead quiet, sometimes it's not as fun, you know. Whereas there's a huge roar of crowd. Well, uh, it's just a different feeling. And um, and then sharing that energy with everybody and and. Um, you know, getting the love and, or the, or the booze or whatever. It's all part of the experience. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's just about all the questions I had for you today. Um, I just want to say thank you again for, uh, giving me the opportunity to interview you. And, uh, do you have any questions for me? No, Hey, I appreciate it, man. You ever need anything? Let me know. Okay. Thank you, man. I'll talk to you later. Uh, take Bye. care, man. Bye.